I'm Larry Winkleman with Red Eye Ranch and DeBorel Farms in Dinebox, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Time once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, it's been a heck of a week for the cotton market. We kicked off the week on Monday making new contract highs, running prices up as high as 127. Then on Tuesday, prices ran up as high as 129. We'll take a look at the cotton market's run up to the 130 level coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For cotton farmers in the Texas High Plains, newly released information from Texas A&M AgriLife can help you choose which varieties to plant. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. An Arctic cold front will send temperatures plummeting in Texas later this week. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll have the forecast from the National Weather Service on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas finally gets a taste of winter. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The cotton market started the week with a big jump higher on Monday, with the nearby March contract topping $1.27, while new crop cotton climbed over $1.01. Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says prices this high can make for some interesting marketing decisions. My first reaction is, why would anybody not hedge or, or sell what they could? But then you've got all this production uncertainty tied to that, and you can't sell a crop that you you know aren't certain you're going to deliver. So, you know, I think people need to really pay attention to their crop insurance, revenue insurance choices. Uh, they have guarantees built into that, which, you know, you could hedge or forward sell up to the level of your guarantee and, and be somewhat safe in that approach. You know, I'd be taking advantage that there is downside risk, in my opinion, you know, if we have... If we have 17 and a half, 18 million bales somewhat confirmed by the end of the summer, I don't expect to see 95 cent cotton in October and November. Anything can happen, but there is downside risk to this. Robinson says we can expect to see a lot of volatility in the cotton market as we move through the spring. There are some new scholarships available for Texas veterinary students. To help ease the financial burden that veterinary students face and to address veterinary shortages, Texas Farm Bureau is now offering four $10,000 scholarships to second and third year veterinary students in a professional DVM program in Texas. 
TFB's Rural Veterinary Scholarship is open to Texas Farm Bureau members who plan to enter a rural and or food animal practice in Texas upon completion of their degree. McKenna Bush, TFB's youth coordinator, said fewer veterinarians are heading to rural areas after graduating, and the aging population of large animal vets is a problem that is destined to get worse. She said Farm Bureau wants to help change that because food animal veterinarians play a critical role in our food system. The deadline to apply for the scholarship is March 1st. Eligibility requirements, a scholarship checklist, and a link to apply are available at texasfarmbureau.org backslash scholarships. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. The sheep and goat market here in Texas has been exceptionally high over the past year, and that's expected to continue as we move into 2022. Benny Cox is with Producers Livestock in San Angelo. The ethnic market has just found new strength. We've established a higher low, uh, and, and I'll explain that. You know, back about two years ago, we were hoping some of those lightweights would bring, you know, bring two in a tick, you know, 210, 220, and, and now we're looking at, at $2 over that, you know, almost doubled. Cox says the traditional market is struggling a bit right now, but he hopes that will correct itself once we get into the spring. New information from Texas A&M AgriLife can help Texas High Plains cotton growers decide which varieties to plant. James Hunt has the story from the Panhandle. There are a number of cotton varieties that can be planted in our region, but some of them work better than others. To help farmers make the best selections for their individual farms, Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell and her colleagues perform annual studies. Our AgriLife trials that are conducted across the state do provide producers region-specific, unbiased variety trials that provide them the opportunity to look at the same variety set under dry land and irrigated conditions and really help them look for a variety that's going to be stable for their region. And Dr. Bell says new things are always coming along. Cotton varieties are changing very quickly, much like we're seeing our corn hybrids and other crops change. But nevertheless, there are varieties that we have seen over the last couple years that have performed very well in this region, and our variety trials do provide producers an opportunity to see that. And Dr. Bell says producers can see what AgriLife has to say about the different varieties by visiting the local AgriLife Center's website at amarillo.tamu.edu. Of course, for farmers in the Texas Panhandle specifically, picking the right variety means taking into account a growing season that is typically only about five months long. I do routinely visit with producers that would like to plant a longer maturing variety because those varieties are less determinate. They are what would be called an indeterminate variety, and they could have the potential to make greater lint. However, we have to have the growing season for that. And this region we do consider to be a growing degree limited region. Once again, that website is amarillo.tamu.edu. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cold temperatures are on the way for all of Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Fort Worth meteorologist for a weather update. My guest from Fort Worth is Tom Bradshaw. He is meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service. And Tom, uh, here we are, February. Uh, what's the forecast looking like uh, from a winter perspective across Texas? 
We're looking at a pronounced Arctic cold front that's going to be diving southward out of the northern plains and moving through the entire state of Texas during the uh, Wednesday and Thursday time frame. So we're going to see uh, some pretty chilly temperatures for a good part of the state of Texas. It does look like this system is going to be accompanied by a big bag of uh, both freezing and frozen precipitation. We're going to see mostly snow across the panhandle in northwest Texas. And then we're going to see a mixed bag of probably freezing rain, sleet, and some snow in a band from the Paris and Texarkana area to the Metroplex, down into the Waco, and probably even Austin, San Antonio area before it's all said and done with. For farmers and ranchers, of course, this is uh, moisture that they desperately need for their uh, soil conditions. uh, But the Rio Grande Valley, uh, they certainly don't need really cold temperatures down there. Fortunately, it looks like the cold air is going to hang up just before it makes it all the way to the valley. They are going to see low temperatures probably in the mid-30s in the valley Thursday night, Friday night, but can't completely rule out a freezing temperature uh, somewhere in the valley. But for the most part, temperatures should bottom out in the mid-30s. But it looks like they're not going to see any kind of hard freeze this time around. And Tom, how do you see this comparing to February of 2021 that we all remember? Fortunately, this system is not going to last as long and it's not going to be is intense. We are going to have temperatures in the single digits and and teens across a good part of North Texas. So this is going to be a much shorter duration event compared to last February. That is Tom Bradshaw. He is with the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas has finally gotten a taste of winter. Jim Hearn reports from the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas is finally feeling some winter weather. Since our last report, temperatures have dipped into the 30s across the area. Now, in the ranch country, the temperatures hovered near the freezing mark with some freezing precipitation. Now, the latest fronts have all come in with moisture, and but not a wintry mix, but heavy drizzle that has really kept everything kind of soggy and wet. Now, the citrus harvest has certainly been interrupted by all of the heavy drizzle. Prices of grapefruit have now risen to over $25 per box. That is almost unheard of, and prices don't look like they're heading lower any time in the future. Uh, Right now, citrus is blooming, and we do have a lot of new growth. This cold weather, though, should uh, help put these trees back to sleep for just a little bit longer. Now, the sugarcane harvest has also been halted. Fields are still too wet to support the heavy harvesters. Most field work, bedding up for row crops, vegetable harvesting, and, well, really spraying of all kinds are all kind of waiting for clearer weather. Reservoir status is staying about steady with all the rain. Falcon Reservoir right now about 22% full. That's 43 feet below conservation. Amistad, 48% full, about 49 feet below conservation. Both reservoirs have plenty of storage capacity. they got plenty of water, though, for municipal and agricultural needs, but, uh, again, almost 100 feet below conservation. Well, as the weather clears up, hopefully by early next month. Planting of corn, milo, and cotton should get underway. Also, citrus that has been showing blooming and spring growth should start again, hopefully by mid-February. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley reporting for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is fixing an error in the Texas Administrative Code regarding largemouth bass fishing regulations. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And spring calves will start hitting the ground soon, and getting colostrum into them is a top priority. 
Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. As spring calves start hitting the ground, getting colostrum into them is a top priority. Dr. Bob Judd says it's the most important task at calving. If you listen to this program often, you've likely heard me talk about colostrum. And with calving season in full swing, I'm talking about it again today. Making sure all newborn calves get adequate colostrum is critical to their future health, and the colostrum must be ingested as soon after birth as possible. Although calves can absorb some colostrum up to 24 hours after birth, the ability to absorb colostrum greatly decreases every hour until no absorption occurs at 24 hours. So if you find a calf and are not sure if the calf has nursed or not, it's a good idea to feed the calf colostrum as you may miss the absorption window by waiting until the calf nurses. It is important to have several doses of colostrum or colostrum replacer on hand as you prepare for calving season unless you can get the cow to a chute and milk her out, which is difficult in most beef cattle situations. The passive antibodies the calves receive from colostrum is the only protection calves get against infectious agents. Also, Mark Johnson indicates at Drovers.com that colostrum also contains the biochemicals transferrin and lactoferrin, which bind iron and restrict bacterial growth, which also helps decrease bacterial infection. Previously obtained colostrum must be kept frozen to protect the large protein molecules that make up the various immunoglobulins, and storing in one-quart doses in a gallon freezer bag works really well. You can lay the bags flat in the freezer and thaw them in a 122 degree water bath for about an hour. Do not thaw in a microwave or at higher temperatures as the immunoglobulins will be destroyed. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is fixing an error in the Texas Administrative Code. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is correcting an error in largemouth bass fishing regulations for nine water bodies in Texas. Michael Tennant, TPWD's Regulations and Policy Coordinator for Inland Fisheries, told the Parks and Wildlife Commission that an external administration error inadvertently resulted in incorrect largemouth bass regulations in the Texas Administrative Code. Existing department publications and public information reflect the length and bag limits and special provisions intended by the commission and thus conflict with enforceable provisions currently in the Texas Administrative Code. Current erroneous largemouth bass regulations for nine water bodies consist of a daily bag limit of five and a minimum length limit of 12 inches. The intended special bag possession and length limits for largemouth bass previously adopted by the commission consist of a daily bag limit of five and maximum length limit of 16 inches 
an allowance for temporary possession of largemouth bass 24 inches or greater for weighing. Tenet said action was required by the commission to ensure the intended rule is in effect for the remainder of the fishing license year in order to eliminate confusion and to enhance compliance and enforcement. He said the error was only in the administrative code and that the outdoor annual is correct. The bag and possession limits tenant mentioned are for Lakes Bellwood in Smith County, Davy Crockett in Fanning County, Hearth in Angelina County, Mill Creek in Van Zant County, Moss in Cook County, Nacogdoches in Nacogdoches County, Nacogdoches in Nacogdoches County, Purtis Creek State Park in Henderson and Van Zant Counties, and Raven in Walker County. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dilmul. It's been a positive week so far for the cattle market, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, the cotton market is setting contract highs. Jessica will be back with a look at all of Tuesday's market action coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Need money for college? Between the state and county farm bureaus, more than $693,000 in scholarships is awarded to high school seniors, enrolled college students, and technical college students. You could be one of them. These scholarships and awards are another way Texas Farm Bureau invests in the future of Texas agriculture. Find out if you qualify on texasfarmbureau.org. That's texasfarmbureau.org. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships is waiting for you to apply. The application deadline is March 1st. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw live cattle rally on Tuesday after Monday's bullish cattle on feed report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That report puts the U.S. cattle inventory down 2% to about 91.9 million head. February live cattle closed up 72 cents Tuesday to 140.30. April live cattle up 85 cents to 145.37. June live cattle up 90 cents to 139.97. We also saw increases in the fed cattle market on Tuesday due to that cattle on feed report and due to the expectation that there will be fewer cattle to market this year. March feeder cattle up 67 cents to 163.70. April feeder cattle up 70 cents to 169.15. May feeder cattle up 62 cents to 173.52. Boxed beef was lower Tuesday. Choice down $3.99 to 286.41. Select down $1.76 to $281.51. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When we hear the cattle in the alleyway, it reminds us of a good sale in San Saba on Friday with Ken Jordan, Jordan Cattle Auction Mason in San Saba. Ken, how'd that thing turn out? You bet. I thought overall today, the and this whole week, the stocker steers and heifers, they continue to be fully steady, very active trade. Had two steers today, weighed 573 uh, that were going to be going to grass. They brought a dollar eighty a pound, a little over $1,031 and some change. I thought our feeder steers and heifers, they sold fully steady too. Had a group of really choice 16 steers, weighed 621 today, at a dollar sixty-nine a pound, a little over right at $1,050 on those 621 pounders. Packer cows, I thought overall, they sold two to five dollars higher today. Top cow today was 84 cents. And Packer bulls, they were a full two dollars higher today with the highest selling bull at a dollar ten today. That bull dollared out over like twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars on the 
weight that uh, it uh, weighed. Pears and bread cows overall, I thought were uh, steady on good trade, Larry. Good. How about Monday sale in Mason? Monday sale, we got a regular weekly sale, so I look for a pretty good run. There's a chance we could have rain Monday, which we'll be glad for that, but I think that won't hurt any of the cattle you know, coming in over the weekend. Tell everybody how to contact you, Ken. You bet. Give us a call, Larry. Code 325-372-5159, Larry, and go to our website for updated information on our cow sales and stocker feeder sales and bull sales. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you Monday. Sounds good. Thank you, Larry. Now, neighbor, let's preview a group of cows coming to Giddings this next Monday. Phil Brockenbush, what do they look like? 25 from one guy, Angus to Brangus cows. Not sure they just We hadn't looked at them yet. We're going to look at them Tuesday, so I'll let you know then. And then we got another guy. They'll be young, good age cows. Both of them lost leases. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Uh, you can call me at 979-716-4395, or you can call the barn at 979-542-2274. Well, neighbor, that's a look at where we've been at San Saba and where we're going at Giddings. I'm Larry Marble, walking the pins, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Lean hog spent much of the day Tuesday higher, but ended up closing out the day mixed. February lean hogs down 32 cents to 88.15. April lean hogs up $1.97 to 97.65. February class 3 milk down 19 cents to 20.16. March cotton down 24 points at the close to 127.33. October cotton up 122 points to 108.09. December cotton up 156 points to 102.43. Corn was higher for much of the day Tuesday due to drought impacting the crop in South America and some spillover support that it received from the soybean markets. March corn up eight and three quarters to six thirty-four and three quarters. May corn up nine and a quarter to six thirty-three and three quarters. March hard red wheat up five to seven eighty-six and a quarter. May hard red wheat up five to seven eighty-nine and a quarter. July hard red wheat up four and a half to seven eighty-eight and a half. March natural gas down two cents to four eighty-four. April natural gas down three cents to four sixty-four. Crude oil was mixed on Tuesday, and let's say it did fall from the seven-year highs that we had been seeing due to speculation that OPEC Plus could boost supply by more than we originally expected. March crude oil up three cents to 88.18. April crude oil down three cents to 86.46. The Dow up 179 points to 35,311. The S&P 500 up 17 points to 4,533. The NASDAQ up 40 to 14,280. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.